As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to a victorious Friday edition of the Huddle Up Podcast presented by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports. And powered by Overtime Media, I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, is my partner in crime. You know him as your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, the grind of the week is pretty much in the rear view for everybody, and we're finally hitting the weekend. Uh, we are, and we have an exciting uh, trip coming up next week, Chad. So that's gonna be you know next couple of days. Get ready for that. I know, man. Got a few ducks in that I got to get in a row for the trip, uh, but it's mostly going to be like. This weekend's going to go by, I think, quite slow. You know, we're going to yeah. be chomping at the bit to get on that airplane. For sure, yeah. So the time's going to be ticking uh, very, very slowly. And uh, before we know it, we'll be in Indianapolis cranking out that content. That's right. Absolutely. So listeners, readers of the site, take advantage of this opportunity to – basically, it's your opportunity to be at the Combine behind the scenes along with us. You know, we're your proxies. We're going to be there for you, representing you. So utilize your VIP subscriptions. Engage us on the forums. Your questions, your ideas, the things you want us to talk about and focus on while we're at the Combine, we're all ears. We can't promise that we're going to share brain with you on every request, but we can promise we will consider each and everything that you send our way. So keep that in mind. But uh, today it is all about the VIP subscribers. we got a fine edition of the Mile High Mailbag, but first couple quick matters of business. You guys, follow the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. You want to do that so that you can stay up to date, keep your finger on the pulse of everything that's happening with the Huddle Up Podcast in real time. And it's real easy to do. You just open up the app, find at HuddleUpPod, follow, you're locked in. Also, take some time, if you haven't done it, leave a creative review on the show, especially iTunes. Stitcher is important too, but iTunes in particular is really important for us to vault and, and grow and reach new listeners. We used to have somewhere in the 60s. Now we're in the 80s. Sooner than, than you think, we could be in the triple digits if you do your part. So take some time. You know that Zach and I both really appreciate it. It goes a long way. You have no idea. So take some time and take care of that. All right, so it is that time of the week where Zach and I take a peek inside a VIP edition of the Mile High Mailbag because it's Friday And Zach and I are your football priests. And each and every week, we're here to offer you the absolution and the answers to your burning Broncos questions. And if you're not a VIP subscriber of Mile High Huddle 24-7 Sports, 
you got to remedy that now because as we've said, we're going to be at the combine and it doesn't just end there. Then you got free agency, then you got the draft. And if you want to be in the know on everything that's happening with your team in real time, I mean, the podcast, it, it's not always exactly when you get these episodes, it's not always in real time, right? But you can be engaged in real time if you have a VIP subscription. Not only does it give you access to every piece of content we produce on the front page, but the MHH Insiders VIP forum, staff forum, that's where we give our most insider information to the subscribers. And it also gives you direct access, a direct line to Zach and I here on the Friday edition of the VIP Mailbag. So take care of that. It's easy. You go to the site, look for the green banner, click join. You choose monthly, you choose annual, whatever floats your boat, and then you're locked in. And of course, it's also a phenomenal way to not only support the show, but to support the efforts of Zach, myself, and all the guys, all the writers and analysts at milehighhuddle.com 24-7 sports to allow us to continue to do what we do in bringing you what we consider to be the best Broncos coverage and draft coverage on the internet. So here we go. First question of today from the VIP mailbag comes from CU Buff in Texas, 163 months he's going on as a VIP subscriber, been with us a long, long time. His question is, Zach, with the prospect becoming more likely that Keenum is outright released, what are the cap ramifications this year and next, if there are any? Second, what impact does this number have on the ability to upgrade the roster in free agency? Now, that sounds like a tricky question, and it was. It wasn't an answer I had off the bat, Zach, so I did a little research. Once again, I relied on our capologist, if you will, Bob Morris, who does a phenomenal job for us. And here's what he said. And then I'll serve this over to you, Zach. We'll talk about it. But Bob told me that if the Broncos do hold on to him until the draft, which is what CU Buff in Texas is asking, the Broncos would then have to carry his full $21 million cap hit until then. And he says, so I wouldn't count on that happening because in between you're going to have free agency, right? So they're going to need those cap dollars. So Bob says, I wouldn't count on that happening. Keenum's either traded early in free agency or they cut him if they can't trade him. So I think that's pretty much inevitable. It's going to happen long before the draft. I don't think you have to worry about ramifications because, Zach, they're going to need those cap dollars. Right, and they're going to get them. If they trade him, and it's looking a little unlikely considering his contract, they would save $18 million, which is a ton of money, and only $3 million in uh, dead money. If they cut him, which I think is more likely, they would still save $11 million but uh, have a $10 million dead money hit. So they can't have him and Flacco on the roster at only one starter. They can't have that expensive of a backup quarterback. So they're going to get rid of him. They're going to save some money either way. There's no ramifications for next year because he was on a two-year contract. And um, I think it's just a matter of when, not if, he's cut or traded. They're not going to keep him on the roster. That's the only thing we know. Does one Joe Flacco and one Case Keenum combined equal <laughs> an Aaron Rodgers? Because if you add the 18 million times two that they're basically both making in 2019 or scheduled to make, that's almost that's pretty dang close to what Aaron Rodgers will make in one season for the Green Bay Packers. So it could be worse is what I'm getting at for the Denver Broncos financially as far as the quarterback position. That's one of those good problems to have. If you're having to figure out, like the Packers did, a way to pay – you know, an elite franchise quarterback, that's a that's a problem you're willing to tackle because it, it portends well, means good things. That's a huge check mark, Zach, you can take off the list for your franchise. You know who would cost a fraction of that money? Who's that? Drew Locke. <laughs> put him in there and that's that's how you solve that that's why it's so important to nail that young quarterback down because on the rookie contract they're being paid in relative pennies 
So before you hand off 18 million to, you know, Case Keenum and 20 million to Joe Flacco, you can get a guy for for a couple million under center mm-hmm. for 5 million, let's say, and a uh, rookie. So that's why they have to get that guy. So I digress on that. Uh, but the ramifications are when they save that money with Keenum, they're going to use it to address a lot of other roster holes. So it's imperative they move on now. They can have that money in their back pocket. You know, and there's an argument to be made whether it actually makes sense to pay elite quarterback money because if you look at the trends in the NFL just the last decade, you've got Brady getting his rings. That even though he takes a kind of a discount for his team, he's, he could make a lot more money if he wanted to, obviously. He takes a little bit of a discount, but they're paying him some significant coin. Besides him and Peyton Manning in 2015, you could maybe go back a little bit farther to Aaron Rodgers in 2010. You know, maybe – Ben Roethlisberger you could throw in there at some point. But other than those few exceptions, you're seeing a trend rise in the NFL, which you're kind of pointing to there, Zach, which is find a quarter, a really talented franchise-caliber quarterback on the cheap at a cost-controlled rate that you can then take those cap dollars that would be going to a player like Aaron Rodgers or quarterback of Peyton Manning or whoever, Tom Brady, and allocate them to other key positions, roster holes on the defense, on the offense, whatever, and parlay that into a competitive team look at what the Seattle Seahawks did in 2013 and 2014 with Russell Wilson before they had to pay him look at what the Eagles did with Carson Wentz even though Carson Wentz wasn't the one that brought home the bacon at the end of the day their ability to basically pay him short he's the one that got him basically to the playoffs right and and Nick Foles got him home so that model applies there too look at what the Chiefs are doing the noise they made in 2018 with a cost-controlled extremely talented quarterback in Patrick Mahomes then you got Jared Goff so the list goes on the point being though Zach that that's the model the Broncos if they can get that guy he might not come in right away in 2019 and start but if you can Like we talked about on yesterday's episode, if you can have a plan in place that you stick to, that you're committed to, that you have discipline to execute for that guy to kind of take his take on his mantle in 2020, all of a sudden your options get open. You don't necessarily need Joe Flacco on his 18 or 20 million dollars in 2020. You can put that into other positions, roll with Drew Locke and let the chips fall. And, And let's not forget the Broncos are essentially paying Von Miller franchise quarterback money. So their, their salary cap is really tied down right now. And if they have both quarterbacks and Miller on the roster come March 13th, that salary cap is going to look pretty bloated. But both um, both CU Buff in Texas and Jim Taylor had questions that related to the cap ramifications of Keenum. But you got to have that money loosened up within the early days of free agency, which opens officially March 13th because we know the holes that the Broncos need to fill especially at off-ball linebacker. They might be looking to add a safety. They might be looking to add a right tackle. I mean, they're going to have a lot of options. There, are, you know, I did a, a piece earlier this week on some high-risk, high-reward options on the free agent market for the Denver Broncos that are out there. There's some – I mean, every free agent that you sign has some kind of risk involved in signing him. It doesn't matter who he is. Some are higher risk and higher rewards than others. But, Zach, they're going to have a lot of options to upgrade this roster. And just like you talked about on the show yesterday, John Elway likes... With the Baker's Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices, which adds up to big savings for the win. You also earn fuel points on every purchase, which means you win big at the pump. The Baker's Plus card. All you do is win big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, shop what you love and save $2 on each participating item when you buy three or more with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. 
to be able to utilize the, the free agent period as the means in which to fill the immediate roster holes. So he's freed up to kind of go more best player available in the draft. So that's why it's so important, Zach, for the Broncos to get a resolution on Keenum sooner rather than later. They're not going to drag this out to the draft. It's going to come that first week. We'll get some kind of news on Keenum. My my uh, crystal ball prediction here, Zach, is in that first week of free agency, probably even leading up to the opening of free agency, we'll know what's what with Keenum. I think they're going to make some some calls at the combine, do some you know some recon and see if there's a market for him. And I think if there's not, they're going to just release him outright, let Keenum get a head start in finding his new team, uh, swallow that cap charge, to take the the cap savings and apply it toward free agency. Now here's one from Bronco fan. Five 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 five. I think it's uh, six six fives. Long time VIP subscriber with the site. Hunt going on 142 months. This guy's been supporting the site. He's a stud. His question has to do with one Emmanuel Sanders. We got a little bit of clarity. Maybe not clarity. We got more pieces to the puzzle on on this question on uh, Wednesday. But here's what the uh, fives had to say. He says. It seems like Emmanuel Sanders isn't too keen on coming back to the Broncos and might prefer to move on. Did the Joe Flacco deal maybe change that dynamic a little bit? With Sanders' cap hit and his injury, is it likely he will be cut or traded? Or will the Broncos keep him for his veteran presence? And if traded, what could the Broncos receive for him, especially with his injury status? Now, we've been spitballing. We've talked to insiders like Benjamin Albright that he could easily, Emmanuel Sanders, be parlayed into a, a draft day trade or a trade elsewhere. It doesn't have to be draft day. But he's got some value in that sense, even with his his Achilles injury. But from what happened on Wednesday, that sounds like the Broncos are going to pick up that million and a half dollar or that option that's going to guarantee him a million and a half dollars. Doesn't sound like they're going to outright cut him. Doesn't mean they can't still trade him, Zach. But it sounds like he's still at least going to be part of the picture up until the draft. But I do get what he's saying, this idea that He's kind of been a little bit, um, I don't know, contrary on social media. Doesn't He's not saying the type of things that you expect to hear from guys who are committed to their team and bought in. He's kind of been a little bit lippy on social media with regard to his relationship with the Broncos. He's been very defiant this offseason, saying that you know he won't restructure and he whatever happens, happens. He won't take a pay cut. I mean, it's really his way or the highway, and I think he's getting his way. The Broncos guaranteeing that money sort of – um, locks him into a roster spot for now, and he'll be paid his base salary of over ten million dollars, and count twelve million, twelve million dollars, excuse me, against the salary cap. It's gonna be a very big charge for a player who's gonna be thirty-two, coming off a very, very devastating injury, and they have younger players on the roster. He knows all these things, and I think that's why he saw the writing on the wall. The only way I think the Broncos would trade him is in a package deal to move up in the draft, but standalone value, I don't see it with his injury and his contract, and knowing another team that the Broncos would end up cutting him anyway. They don't have to give up capital to acquire him. So whether he's a part of the future, they need that downfield presence. They need that guy to stretch the field for Joe Flacco. They're going to throw the ball downfield. They don't have another guy like that on the roster. Unless the Broncos think they can get an upgrade on Emmanuel Sanders, whether that's a guy like Antonio Brown or a rookie or someone in the middle of that, they have to keep the sure thing. And Sanders, when he's healthy, he's proved last year before the injury, he's still a very explosive player. He's still that playmaker type for them. But that injury is known to sap explosion. And if that happens with him, I mean, his career could be in peril. You saw Demarius Thomas break down really fast. Receivers go downhill when they hit their 30s. And that's where Sanders is. So they need that guy. But 
he's very pricey. It's going to come down to, I think, his recovery. If he can be back for week one or thereabouts, I would look to keep him. But if he's going to be held up longer than that, if he's a PUP candidate, let's say, I could see them moving on and getting another guy in the fold uh, for Joe Flacco. I completely agree with everything you just said. The other factor to consider, though, too, is it's now been two years in a row that he's been significantly hobbled by injury. And, mm. had, and, and sure. you know, you hear, I think it was Herm Edwards that coined the phrase, the best of ability is availability. And when you're paying a guy that much money, you need him on the field. So that'll factor into what the Broncos ultimately decide to do with Emmanuel Sanders. But those of you who are the VIP subscribers of our website know and have known for a long time that the Denver Broncos seriously explored a trade this time last year in which Emmanuel Sanders would have gone to the San Francisco 49ers in exchange for a third-round pick. So that's what his value was, the second part of of, uh, the question. His value was that a year ago. What is it now, after a really strong season, then cut short by, as you say, an injury that is known to sap the explosion of especially wide receivers that are on the wrong side of 30? My gut tells me that the Broncos would probably – their best hope would be to get a fourth out of him, more than likely a fifth rounder out of Emmanuel Sanders. I don't see a fourth if that's what a keep to lead got. I, I mean, he was a completely healthy player and a very talented player. And he's it's, Sanders to me is just damaged goods now. And until he proves, and that's why I think he'll take a, a, a year to rehab his value, whether it's with the Broncos or another team. He needs a year to prove and rehab his value to prove that he can still be a playmaker and be back to that level. If he was only getting a third at his peak or if he was before this injury, I mean, to me, a fifth-round pick would be at best for him. And the Broncos would take, I think, anything just to clear his cap number off the books. Okay, one more question here from the mailbag, and then we are going to take a quick break and tackle one other issue here we wanted to touch on for Friday's episode of the podcast. comes from Stud Lee going on two months, being a VIP subscriber. Great listener, great VIP. His question is, so it looks like Domita Pecco won't be back next year. Slowly but surely, it looks like the Broncos are cutting out the old and trying to bring in the new and young. Are there any other older veterans that look to be on their way out in Denver? Zach? Uh, Darian Stewart is definitely, I think, a goner with Brandon Marshall, Domita Pecco. The Broncos are, are really getting rid of a players a year early and then, rather than a year later. I think that's the right approach there. Uh, I think Derek Wolf is on the safer side. Ronald Larry will be back. And those were, and Emmanuel Sanders, those were really all the, the older cap casualties, the offseason release candidates for the Broncos. Other than that, though, I think um, most of the roster will stay intact. Agreed. Agreed. So that'll do it for today's VIP edition of the Mile High Mailbag. Appreciate all your questions. Keep them coming. And each and every week, you look for the thread that I will create in the MHH Insiders Forum that'll state the episode of the podcast and then, hey, hit us with your questions. So those of you who are newer subscribers, you're signing up every day. So this goes to those of you who are new and don't necessarily know the way it works. Look for that thread that I'll drop once a week. Try to get to it as early as possible, but uh, sometimes I'm not quite as timely and on top of that as I probably should be, but I'll try and and be uh, a lot better in that regard. So we got some other things we want to touch on with regard to some high-risk, high-reward free agents, but quickly, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, Zach, so before we get out of here, As I mentioned, I wrote an article earlier in the week that touched on some high-risk, high-reward free agents to 
the Broncos could look at to upgrade the roster. Now, these are guys that come with some great possibilities, phenomenal talent in many cases, or untapped talent, but also their fair share of risk. Now, what I'm going to do, it'll be a fun exercise here for our listeners. I'm going to run through the each one of these names. I'm going to list their age and what their risk is, and then I'm going to fire them over to you. All we need is a yes or no on whether the Broncos should pursue them, and then, you know, whatever analysis you want to throw in on top of that. So we'll go through it real quick. The first guy I have listed as a high-risk, high-reward free agent option for the Broncos is none other than Landon Collins, safety coming out of formerly the New York Giants. Now, he was a second-round pick of the Giants, had a phenomenal 2016 All-Pro campaign. He's only 25. Where's the risk? Well, overpaying. He had that phenomenal All-Pro campaign. He simply hasn't been consistent. He he showcased elite talent, Zach, in 2016, but there's a reason why the Giants aren't ponying up the coin. The reward, he's a top 15 safety talent if if he hits in Denver. Your thoughts, do the Broncos want to consider Landon Collins, yes or no? I'm I'm all over Landon Collins. As I wrote on Twitter today, him and uh, Justin Simmons would be an awesomely dynamic pairing at safety. They're going to move on from that fossil Darian Stewart. They need a young guy um, with explosive ability, with playmaking ability. You put him with Simmons back there, that's scary. I don't really think ultimately, though, L.A. will overpay for him. He will get a big contract on the open market, but I would love to have Landon Collins. Okay, here's number two. Earl Thomas, everyone knows him, free safety. Of the Seattle Seahawks, his age, he's 30 years old. However, in 2018, he still posted an elite pro football focus grade of 91.3. The risk, obviously, is that he's on the wrong side of 30. The reward, and he's going to cost some serious coin, the reward is you still get a top safety talent, probably top 10 safety talent for a three- to four-year window. Is that a guy you would want the Broncos taking a hard look at? No, pass. Attitude concerns, injury history. He's going to want too much money. Uh, I'd rather go for Landon Collins and my consolation prize, give me Adrian Amos. I don't want anything to do with Earl Thomas. Fair. Next one here is Kareem Jackson, the versatile defensive back of the Houston Texans. He's got a really interesting history, developed into a phenomenal weapon for that Texans defense in which you could play him at corner. You could play him anywhere, inside slot. You could play him safety. So there's a lot to like about him. He was a key cog on what was one of the best defenses in the NFL last year. But he's 31, Zach. So the risk is age, but the reward is you're getting a versatile Pro Bowl caliber defensive back that's multi-tool player. Yes or no on Jackson? This is a guy I like a lot, and it's a guy not a lot of people know about. He's a very, very good player. I would love for the Broncos to have him in this Vic Fangio defense. I do think, though, he resigns with Houston when it's all said and done. Next one we have here is Tavon Austin, the wide receiver formerly of the L.A. Rams, but most freshly coming from the Dallas Cowboys. Now, he's only 28. He was once a top 10 pick, as we all know. He had that 4-3-4 speed. So if you were looking for a guy with some veteran presence that can burn – He would be a great option in that regard. Your risk, he's pretty much been a bust everywhere he goes. No team has really been able to figure out how to best utilize him. The reward is you could have a formidable passing weapon to stretch defenses vertically and maybe even get creative with some, you know, uh, different kinds of screens and, and reverses and things to get him in space going east and west too. No, I I wouldn't take on another project right now. I want more of a ready thing and more of a sure thing. So I'm going to pass on that. All right, next one we've talked about him quite a bit on the podcast as a possibility. 
Golden Tate, the wide receiver Mm -hmm. coming off the trade to the Philadelphia Eagles last year. Here's the downside. He's 31. He showed when he came into the league 4-4 speed. But again, he's 31. He has produced pretty consistently throughout his NFL career. He was a former second-round pick of the Seattle Seahawks. Problem is, he's going to be commanding the projections are upwards of $10 million per year. So the risk is, you know, he's getting up there and he's going to cost a lot of money. The reward is, if he hits, he can be an explosive playmaker. If the Broncos get rid of Emmanuel Sanders, they're going to need a veteran playmaker. And this is the guy I want the Broncos to sign. He might be a little too rich for their blood. I think $10 million, um, it would be just a lateral move going from Sanders to him. And he's a year younger than Sanders, though, so his age doesn't scare me. But he's a, a true all-around complete receiver, can stretch the field, uh, knows every NFL offense, can adapt. So I'm a big fan of Golden Tate. I'd love to see him in a Broncos uniform. Next one here is Tyler Eifert, tight end of the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, before you answer... What you got to consider here is the fact that the Denver Broncos have an extreme need at tight end. They got two young guys, both of whom have struggled with injury. There's no sure thing currently on the roster with Jeff Hireman also as an unrestricted free agent. Now, here's the book on Eifert. He's only 28. He appeared in, well, he's only appeared in 43 games since uh, being a first-round pick in 2013 because of his just stacked injury jacket. I mean, this guy is, is just, he's, he's off the field more often than he's on it. The silver lining, though, in 2015, Eifert hauled in 52 receptions. 13 of them were for touchdowns. So the talent is there. The risk, obviously, is overpaying someone who's going to be injury prone. The reward is, though, Zach, Joe Flacco and whoever that next quarterback is has a Pro Bowl talent at a crucial position of need. I mean, it would fit the Broncos' M.O. of picking up tight ends who literally can't play or be on the field uh, with Hireman, Jake Butt, Troy Fumagalli. Um, I don't want anything to do with Eifert. I don't think the Broncos need another injured guy in that room. If they're going to sign a veteran, at least get a guy who can stay healthy and catch a couple passes. This offense is not going to flow through that tight end anyway. Maybe they get something out of Jake Butt. Maybe they get something out of Fumagalli. But I would not add another perpetually injured guy to that group. My only caveat to that would be it would depend on what kind of money he was looking for. If you could get him relatively team-friendly where he's heavily incentive-laden type of contract where he's got to prove it to earn it, I would be, I would consider it because of his upside. Now, the next one here is Danny Shelton, nose tackle slash defensive lineman from coming from most recently the New England Patriots, but obviously he was a top-12 pick of the Cleveland Browns in the 2015 draft. Now, here's the book on Shelton. And this was a guy I got an up-close look at, talked to him quite a bit, actually, at the 2015 Senior Bowl, in which he was the star of the week, or one of the stars. Just absolute mountain of a man that could no one could could hold him uh, hold up against him at the point of attack, and that included Max Garcia. He was just an animal. There's a reason he went top 12, but he kind of flamed out, oddly, in Cleveland. He's 26, but last year as a role player in Washington, he earned close to an 80 grade from pro football focus, which is significantly good. He can probably be had on the relative cheap. Here's the risk. He might, because of what he experienced and the way he kind of had a little bit of a resurgence in New England, he might have a bigger market than I'm thinking right now. So you are at risk of overpaying a guy who has traditionally underperformed. The reward potential, though, is you have a young, first-round caliber type of nose tackle for the next few years while he's still in his prime. I mean, if they're going to move on from Pecco, I'd rather the Broncos just give Shelby Harris the job and call it a day. 
They can always pick up a run stuffer somewhere. I, I wouldn't pay multi-millions for a guy when they have Shelby Harris on the roster. So that's my thoughts on Shelton. These next two guys I'm going to parlay into one because they both hail from the Cincinnati Bengals and they're two tackles. Now, this guy's name I've always struggled to pronounce, but one is Cedric Ogbui, uh, formerly of the Texas A&M Aggies. Offensive pretty tackle. sure that's not how you pronounce his name. How, how do you pronounce it? <laughs> I have no idea, but I'm pretty sure that's not it. Ogbui or Ogbuhi, whatever it is. But he, here's the book on him, okay? Former first-round pick. Great as far as projected scheme. He was kind of what you would look for if you were running any kind of a zone type stretch, you know, athletic tackle that could get out in space and move. He has struggled, though, in uh, Cincinnati because of injury issues. However, he's 27 years old. He was healthy all of last year for the Bengals, but because he had been an injury risk, they went out and signed two guys on the free agent market to start at left and right tackle. So he was mostly a game day inactive in all but two games. So he's 27. He's still in his prime. Stayed healthy last year. He's got that first-round upside, but the risk, once again, is health. And then the other guy is Jake Fisher, who was the same the, that same draft. First round, they took Cedric. Second round, they took Jake Fisher uh, out of uh, Oregon. But a similar story, unfortunately, in which he struggled with injury and now is hitting. The, they're allowing both of them, it seems like, to hit the free agent market. Both of them are well under 30, and both of them are ideal fits for a, a zone type of West Coast scheme, but both of them, Zach, come with significant health concerns. If you could get them on the cheap and you got two guys with first-round caliber tools, are either of them the type you would roll the dice on? That would be so Elway, wouldn't it? Paying for an injury-prone, struggling tackle? No, I, I would stay away from them. If they want to bring back a tackle, bring back Jared Valdir, who stayed healthy for the most part, and it was very solid for them last year. Failing that, though, they have to upgrade that spot because what Donald Stevenson and what Menelik Watson proved to them is they can't have inconsistency there. They can't have a swinging gate there. Valdir was mostly solid. They can do better than him. But I think gambling on a guy like Fisher or Cedric, we'll call him, um, to hope they can squeeze something from him, I would not roll that dice with Joe Flacco in the pocket. So they need to solidify that O-line. They can't cut corners there. They got to either bring back Valdir or upgrade on him. The devil's advocate perspective on that, though, and it's kind of a cautionary tale, is look what happened with Tyson Brylow. Flamed out in Denver was a huge injury issue. Went to Atlanta. It took a little bit of time, but he just got a multi-year extension with some significant coin. And what I'm getting at is sometimes a change of scenery is all that it takes for young, talented guys with upside to hit their stride. Coaching, coaching, coaching. Next guy is Darquez Denard, cornerback, formerly of the Cincinnati Bengals. This guy's a former first-round pick. And the guys I, t- I talk to, analysts on staff here, who know football, X's and O's, no personnel, they love his fit in a Vic Fangio scheme. The problem is, is, the reason he flamed out arguably in Cincinnati is that the Bengals coaching staff couldn't get their priorities in order. They instead just leaned on their veteran corners instead of playing their young guys. And so he kind of got lost in the shuffle. But here's the upside, Zach. He's only 27. He is ostensibly a great fit in a Fangio scheme, still has several years left in his prime, but you risk possibly overpaying him. The reward, however, first-round tools and great scheme fit. I'm kind of the same as my last answer. If they want a fallback plan, they can re-sign Bradley Roby, but every time I watched Denard play, he was getting burned. 
And they don't need another cornerback. They can't cut corners there either, especially on defense, which is Fangio's baby. They have that Donatel coming over too. I'm sure he's not going to settle for a player like Denard. So I would ultimately pass on him. Okay, there's a few more on this article I, re- I wrote, but a lot of them tie into similar answers and uh, perspectives that Zach has uh, revealed on the show today. So I'm going to leave it with one last guy, and then we're going to get out of here and wish you guys a great weekend. It's Mr. Denzel Perryman. Inside linebacker, formerly of the L.A. Chargers. Now, this was a guy, another guy similarly to Danny Shelton, who was at the 2015 Senior Bowl, in which I got an up-close look at him, watched him practice all week, watched him just pop running backs and go toe-to-toe with offensive linemen. He is exceptionally smart. He's not very tall. I'm, I'm just at six foot, and he was standing right next to him talking to him. He's just a hair shorter than me. He's probably 5'11 and some change. So he's not a huge, tall you know, six foot two, six foot three inside linebacker, like is kind of the prototype in the NFL. But the man brings some pop. Here's the book on Denzel Perryman. He is going into the 2019 season at age 25. He's a former second round pick. However, he finished last season on injured reserve, suffered a knee injury, and unfortunately, kind of like Matt Paradis and some of Max Garcia, suffered those injuries, Zach, in a contract year. So it's going to affect his ability to earn on the open market, which means the Broncos might be able to get him on the relative cheap. So the risk, Zach, is health, and does he recover from the knee? The upside is you have a high-round caliber, arguably when he's playing at his peak, Pro Bowl caliber middle linebacker to pair with Mr. Vic Fangio. I watched Perriman at Miami up close, and he was a beast. I thought he'd be a little better in the NFL, but I'd be all for this move to get a starting caliber player and take a shot on him for not a lot of money to pair with Todd Davis and Josie Jewell in that defense. If they don't prioritize that after the Brandon Marshall news, if they don't go for Devin White, I would love Denzel Perriman. Um, for a surgeon, if Vic Fangio can get him healthy and get him playing at his level, like you said, that's a Pro Bowl caliber player. I've always been a fan of his. I'm definitely all for that. Other pro to consider with Denzel Perryman is that he is obviously quite familiar with the AFC West so that could be used as a as a benefit too for the Denver Broncos but I think that's kind of a good uh, end for our conversation here there's a lot of intriguing options some come with higher risk than others some come with higher upside than others I don't agree with everything Zach said here if you guys want to read the article uh, I don't there's not a ton of analysis mostly listening uh, listening uh, facts as it regards to these players but Go check it out. You can find it on the website, the high-risk, high-reward free agents for the Broncos to consider in 2019. But, Zach, that's good. let's just call it a week. It's been a great week of podcasting. You guys follow the show on Twitter, constant reminder, at HuddleUpPod. Leave your creative review. Rate the show. Help us get into the triple digits on iTunes especially. But make sure you follow my boy, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at Kelberman247. You can find me at Chad and Jensen. Follow us. I've made the the promise that if you let me know on Twitter, you follow me, you let me know that you are a listener to the show or a VIP subscriber, I will follow you back. So take care of that. In the meantime, you guys, have a great weekend. Zach and I will be back for an episode on Monday. We'll talk more about what to expect for next week's Combine and what's going to happen there. Meanwhile, there will be an episode of Building the Broncos to look forward to on Saturday. So stay tuned for that. For Zach Kellerman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.